You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of timely topics that matter most to business leaders. To help make sense of these topics and how they'll unfold, we'll sit down with thought leaders and do what we do best at the conference board, provide trusted insights for what's ahead. I'm Steve Odlin from the conference board and the host of this series. In today's conversation, we're going to be talking about marketing through a downturn. We're going to talk about some of the results from our major C-suite outlook study that the conference board just completed, surveying over 1,100 executives around the world, including many members of the C-suite, the CEOs, the CMOs, and CHROs, and so forth. Uh, these results are available on our website, but we're going to focus today on the marketing aspects of this survey. Joining me today is Ivan Pollard, leader of our Marketing Communications Center here at the Conference Board. Ivan, welcome. Good day, Steve, and thank you for having me. Yeah, so Ivan, you know, uh, the Conference Board is predicting a mild slowdown, potentially a mild recession, um, relatively short-lived, and it should happen here sometime between the first and the third quarter. So that's what we're saying. Let's assume that that's right. Um, But even if it's not, it's a slowdown, right? So how does all of this affect marketing? It's a good question, and uh, one that marketers uh, have lived through before, of course. You know, we've had a couple of these in the last 20 years, but not every marketer currently working will have experience of this. So I think it's a great thing to reflect upon, Steve, to think about how the marketers and the communicators um, can learn from the past, but then apply it to the present, which is going to be slightly different. So in the C-suite outlook, uh, as as we've probably all covered now, um, we know that the slowdown will affect uh, the way that companies think about the next 12 months. Um, But a lot of companies are focusing on the opportunity to grow. And actually, the slowdown is going to spin the spotlight back to the marketers for them to start to drive uh, new transformations, new growths, new opportunities, new products and services, and try and drive the business forward through the slowdown. So, for example, um, when, when the CEO and the CMO was asked, you know, what are you going to invest in over the next 24 months to drive growth? Marketing was the third choice uh, for the for the CMO and uh, for the CEO, but um, it's not without its challenges because it's the ninth choice for the CFO. Yeah, you know, so the instinct here, you know, of CEOs, CFOs are to um, the instinct is to uh, cut spend. Right, if you're going into a downturn, you know, you batten down the hatches, you try to eliminate spending, and you know, sometimes marketing spending gets conflated with all the other spending. Talk about that and uh, and what happens when marketing spending gets cut. Well, it's um, you're right. You know, over the last few downturns, we've seen that that happens. Marketing sometimes seen as discretionary spending. And of course, you know, you're going to manage your budgets, your, uh, your expenditures as we go into a downturn, if you're being responsible for the short-term performance of your company. 
However, what the past has shown us is those companies that maintain pressure on engaging the consumer and the customer and uh, and deepening the experience and, and of course, adding value, um, they tend to profit longer over the next five to 10 years than those who cut back. So in the C-suite outlook, we asked uh, a question which was, you know, what levers are you going to use to combat the downturn? And uh, one in six CEOs, for example, said that they would actually, as one of their top three choices, they would choose to invest more in marketing and advertising. Um, But you are right, Steve, because one in 16, a lesser number, but still one in 16 CEOs was picking and um, decreasing marketing and advertising expenditures as one of the levers that they would use, one of their top three choices to use. So um, you're right, the money uh, is fluctuating, um, but we have seen that those that invest and invest wisely, which of course is very different during the recession, but those that invest and invest wisely, they tend to perform better over the longer term when hopefully we all come back out of a recession and get back to pursuing life, liberty and happiness. You know, my view of marketing is when everybody else is zigging, you should zag. You know, <laughs> maybe that's uh, maybe that's not uh, the greatest marketing uh, theory in the world. But but look, it, it works. Right. And, and so, you know, the what, what happens is, you know, when things are slowing down, the you know, you try to get rid of all the discretionary spending. I understand the GNA part. But if everybody is cutting marketing spending, you know, because that's the natural inclination, you can make a great argument here that your share of voice with far less spending than normal could skyrocket, break through and actually grow sales or at least, you know, reduce the, the uh, you know, the impact of any recession. So why, you know, why do not more marketers make this case? Well, I think we're seeing a, a difference uh, compared to previous recessions in that more marketers have woken up, but more importantly, so has the rest of the C-suite and the board, that um, there is opportunity out there to be grasped, as you say. You know, some pull back, others go forward. Uh, markets, the cost of engaging a consumer or a customer often tends to fall as the businesses that are in the business of selling those uh, avenues to you. they also struggling during the recession. So you can buy more uh, with the same amount of money and you can stand out more because less people are talking. I do think that we go through this, you know, as we're possibly predicting a brief, shallow uh, recession with a soft landing at the other end. I think we'll probably find more marketers adopting that zag um, than the zig um, and perhaps spending. So I think it's what you spend on and how you do it that's going to really differentiate the uh, the real winners during this downturn. Well, you know, at, at a minimum, it, you should take shouldn't you be taking some money and doing a heavy up test of some sort in a small area? So in other words, don't bet the company, but get some experience, measure it, and then make the case. But it, but you're doing so with real data, right? Yeah, and actually, that point about data is critical now because we have tools that perhaps we didn't have, for instance, in you know in the 2000 recession. We have such a plethora of tools. And in fact, you'll see that the marketers um, and the, the CMOs and the CCOs in the C-suite survey put digital transformation as the number one thing that they felt they should be investing in, um, in terms of uh, driving growth. And so with the use of that data, with the use of the insights, which is, of course, what a marketer and a communicator does, they, they have to understand what's going through their customers' minds in a time of downturn. 
the data can not only predict and tell you what is going on, but then you're right, Steve, you can you can very quickly test something, learn something and scale something. So, you know, think big, start small, but scale fast if it works. Yeah. What other steps do you, do you think marketers should be taking now to ensure growth during the recession? So let's start with the empathy of the consumer. Um, I actually do think that uh, as as we've seen, you know, spending starting to decrease from the consumer, prices are going up. We still got inflation in some markets in the double digits, um, and uh, and the discretionary income of the consumer is going down. There's a thought that maybe a lot of people are still living off the savings uh, that they've uh, they've pocketed over the last uh, 24 months. So empathy first is really important. So that's the first step. Ask yourself what has changed uh, for the consumer and what will change as we go forward and the economy tightens. Because um, I think, uh, you know, from personal experience, when I'm thinking about what I spend on, I'm like a frog in a pan of boiling water. Prices can go up slowly and I probably don't notice. But if somebody turns the heat up too quickly, I start to think about, well, is this the best thing for me to spend my money on? Is this the best value? You start working out, you know, whether or not Cheez-Its are better than Cheerios and, uh, and you know, per penny spent and per nutrition calorie gain. So I think changing in behaviours, and it's the same for business to business. You look at your suppliers and your, your supply chain and you start to go back to clean sheeting. Uh, and again, data can help clean sheeting your procurement. So the first thing is empathy. I think then when you, once you understand, I think the next two things to do is make sure that um, that you are providing real value and describing and uh, and making that value obvious to the consumer. But then I also think there's a third string here during a downturn. When consumer behaviors change, new products, new services, and new ways of, uh, of meeting the expectations of your con consumer and your customer also help you grow. So those three things marketers should think about, empathy, changing behaviors, and then how you deliver value to those customers. Really, Cheez-Its versus Cheerios? There is nothing better than Cheerios. Everybody knows that. That's an easy one. All right, so what about marketing mix? So, you know, you, you've got, you know, one, one set of uh, parameters going into a recession or during a growth period. Does, does this marketing mix shift around during a slowdown or a recession? I think that's a good question. I mean, I think you've you've seen, you know, inexorable shift and quite rightly towards performance marketing over um, the last 10 years as we've got more data or we've got more channels as we're able to target much more discreetly and personalize our messaging. Marketing has shifted uh, towards towards the digital channels that uh, allow you to do that better. Um, also, in terms of uh, of kind of the way you reach and serve your customer, um, digital has taken a big step forward. Having said that, I do think there's also uh, a little bit of brands and businesses disappearing from the fabric of American society. And, you know, there will be opportunities during this downturn for people to stand out just a little bit more and be a bit more public about um, about how they are serving. So, the mix, you know, the traditional mix of 60% uh, brand building, 40% uh, kind of performance marketing has, has been shifting and almost flipping. I think we're going to see during this downturn, it depends on the business, but I think the mix from how you reach um, will perhaps start to drift back a little bit uh, towards the big brands that succeed will be the ones that we all see. 
Having said that, two other things are going to happen in, if you think of the four P's of marketing. Um, two other things are going to happen. One is we're going to start to see people really thinking through their pricing strategies. And again, you'll see that in the C-suite outlook, how the CFO and the CMO are really thinking about pricing and how you manage that uh, with your customers. Um, the second thing we'll see is, is new product development. As I said, innovation is always uh, a, a ripe opportunity to be mined during this time. So the mix will change a little. Um, and, and I think we'll see, you know, during COVID, we saw that acceleration towards e-commerce. I think we're going to see some different things now. Um, and I think some of those differences in the in the mix about where we sell and what we sell and how much we charge for it, some of those things will be experiments, as you said. But I think we um, we should have a, a really interesting uh, year ahead of us for marketers. Yeah, you know, and maybe it goes without saying, but, you know, we should say it, you know, in a period of time where there is a slowdown and where um, layoffs are beginning to increase, consumers are, you know, watching their pennies a little bit more closely. So value becomes critically important in the positioning, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, without doubt. I mean, that notion that, um, yeah, as people start to think about money like the frog in the boiling water, you start thinking about what is the value of what I'm getting. It doesn't mean that I'm going to always go to the cheaper um, uh, option in any category or any business. It means that I'm going to go to the one that's the best value for the, the hard-earned money I've got. And perhaps we question that more. And this is where the marketers, you know, over the last thousand years have actually managed to differentiate one from the other. Because you're right, as things slow down, if you keep moving at the same speed, it looks like you're accelerating. So how do you do that? You have to keep pushing this notion of value um, and not just push it, but prove it and deliver it. Yeah. And, and you know, that that's from a strategic standpoint. But, but look, price promotion is important during this period of time. I mean, in order to, to maintain and maybe grow some market share. So, I mean, the, there are some tried and true rules here that, you know, that, that people ought not toss away. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, again, you know, as people are willing to change their behaviours, um, it's always been, you think about fast-moving consumer goods, you know, and the Ehrenberg Bass study that uh, that essentially proved that, that those of us that believe in loyalty in those markets are perhaps misguided. You know, most people will change their buying behaviour and the brand that they want in uh, in almost any category, depending on price promotions. And as I said, you know, price is a component of value. So as other people are putting their prices up, and um, we just did a survey where 57% of US consumers believe that uh, the price increases uh, in products are, are actually benefiting the manufacturer, they're not because of input costs, which is probably untrue, by the way, but that's the perception. So yeah, trying to make sure that value bundles, promotions, offers, um, that those things actually have a role to play, especially in switching behavior. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. As you and your company monitor the volatile and uncertain economy, the award-winning forecast team at the conference board predicts a downturn by the end of 2022. Recession will further compound the crises that have recently upended expectations from a deadly pandemic to a war in Ukraine and the highest inflation in decades. Yet, unprecedented crises also present unforeseen opportunities if you have a trusted, proven navigator by your side. With that in mind, and as the conference board has always done, we are providing you with daily, timely, and relevant content that will guide the business community through the economic storm. 
These trusted insights are being gathered on our website and are available to help your company master the challenges. To find out how you can chart a course for the future which will allow your business to emerge stronger on the other side, visit our free economic hub entitled Navigating the Economic Storm, Your Indispensable Guide Through the Global Recession, located at conference-board.org slash topics slash recession. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odlin from the Conference Board, and I'm joined today by Ivan Pollard, the head of the Conference Board's Marketing and Communications Center. So Ivan, you know, what we were talking about before the break is all the things that uh, that marketers should be thinking about uh, in order to, you know, grow through the uh, through the uh, slowdown or recession, whatever's going to happen here. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe CMOs should be thinking about rebranding themselves as a, as a growth officer. You know, you've talked about this mindset. Maybe you could, uh, maybe you could share your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I mean, Peter Drucker famously said, and remember, he's writing a marketing management book, um, that the the purpose of a business is to create and retain a customer. So um, essentially, the purpose of marketing is to grow. So marketers, I always thought were growth officers. And, um, and I think you have seen a bit of a, a move over the last few years for a few big companies adopting that title. Um but I think it's the mindset, not the title, that is really important. And so, you know, really thinking about the opportunity. Don't fear the recession. Don't fear the slowdown. You know, go into it with courage, uh, with the courage of your convictions to, to what you've got and what you offer your customer is of value. And then, as I said, prove it and deliver it. And so you see some of the growth mindsets, again, in the C-suite outlook, the CMOs, when they were asked uh you know, okay, well, rank the things that you're going to do during the uh, the slowdown to actually grow. Improving the customer experience was right up there at the top. Digital transformation was up there. New product development was up there. And you saw the growth mindset, you know, come out when they talked about acquiring new customers. So these things are what the marketers are saying they want to do. I think in order to get it done, uh, to go back to what you said earlier, Steve, is, is be courageous, be inventive. There are some tried and trusted things from previous recessions that you should just look at and do again. Price promotions, value offers, bundles, um, longer term deal, recurring revenue streams. These things are really important, but that digital transformation about what digital can do to help you experiment and innovate that's really where the uh, the courage comes in. So um, I think, yes, growth officer mindset, but the mindset about, uh, as I said, you know, think big, start small and scale fast. That mindset, I think, is one that would serve marketers well during this downturn. Yeah, you know, it, marketers also, it, it, in addition to being growth officers, need to think a little bit a little bit like CFOs in the sense that if, if you're a manufacturer selling to a retailer or some other distributor, cash is king in this period of time. And those those customers will will want different terms. And, and, and so you have to be thinking creatively about how to help your customers, you know, uh, deal with that. If you're selling directly to the consumer, though, it's the same thing, right? So, um, you know, defer cash payments and all that. So talk about Talk about cash, you know, the, the mindset of cash and the importance of that to marketers. 
Yeah, I think you're right, Steve. Cash is really important to marketers. And over the last few years, we've become much better at being able to see and attribute directly from an action to the flow of cash and therefore the rise of performance marketing. And I also think you're right about what you say. Every single customer now, every consumer is almost to be treated like a customer um, as a manufacturer would talk to a retailer. So how do you get that flow of cash going? So for example, we're seeing quite a lot. Uh, there's a survey about to come out uh, in uh, in March from the conference board around uh, multicultural consumers, where we've asked about their spending habits and how they've changed. Um, but we've we've got a little bit of data from uh, from the Harris poll that's already showing us that buy now, pay later is really growing in terms of its uh, its its capability. These 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 uh, uh, providers like Klarna, you know, allowing you to almost like lay away. So you'll put it away and then you'll you'll get it later. So a lot of the mechanisms for making cash flow are being reinvented by very smart people who are recognizing that the flow of cash from a consumer right now might not be as uh, as liquid as it will be in the future. So we're seeing that cash flow is going to become important on both sides of the business. And the markets are really starting to think about how they manage their way around any increased viscosity in that cash flow in order to keep it liquid. So uh, Juniper Research predicts that by 2026, one quarter of all online purchases will be buy now, pay later. Wow. That, I mean, that, that that's a real big difference. But, but that you're taking into account your or consumers or your customers' needs from a from a cash standpoint. Now, the other thing is that uh, recessions hit the uh, the, the segments uh, unequally. Yeah. Um, you know, recessions. If you, you if you do socio economic uh, uh, segmentation, you find that you know the wealthier groups really don't change too much with within a recession, but it it hits the lower demographics pretty hard. You also have to overlay ethnic marketing on it. So talk about how to, you know, you think through all of those, you know, psychographic and demographic segmentations and where you can find pockets of growth. And then how do you deal with the other pockets? Yeah, as I said right at the beginning, that you know the real job of a marketer is that empathy to understand the experience that each and every individual customer is going through. Uh, in the past, we had to aggregate those customers together into cohorts or segments. We can get a, a little bit sharper now about how we uh, how we segment and how we offer, um, and also even just the price points that we're able to to do our value bundles at. So being able to uh, to kind of really empathise with the differences that people will experience. You're right. You know, uh, if you've got less discretionary income during the good times than the wealthy, um, then when the bad times hit and prices go up, uh, that discretionary income, the disposable income, that, that really starts to constrict what you're able to do. So, you know, people do live, uh, there are some families in America that are trying to live off $20 uh, a week for for their food. And, you know, when, uh, when your vegetables have gone up 22% for fresh vegetables, it does start to have an impact on even you know the health of those segments as well. So if you're a really smart marketer, you understand that, and then you start to serve those people. 
you know, with what they can afford and what you can offer them. Um, and, and think about everything from pack size to bundling, uh, from business to businesses, you know, when the small businesses get hit a little bit harder, how do you change the payment terms? How do you change your service offering? How do you change, um, you know, the way that you go to market? So that segmentation is absolutely critical. And again, as we start to think about the explosion of digital and how it can can bring to life the customer journey for each and every uh, kind of uh, consumer, and especially each and every group, you start to see the differences. Now, where it gets really tricky, Steve, is how do you how do you serve them? How do you sell them a, a you know a box of cereal or a, a can of soda or a fresh bunch of bananas? How do you sell that differently when we know that geographies and retailers um, you know, probably serve different segments in different needs. So, you know, in one town, there's going to be a group of people who are, are perhaps uh, less well off. And at the other side of town, there's going to be a group of people that are much better off. If they both go to the same food market, for instance, how do you price to be able to, to do it? And then it comes back to what you said is sitting there thinking about price promotions and, and even with cash flow, you know, when people's paychecks are likely to land and how you change those offers. Um, a lot more of that is happening. And of course, you can do that much more discreetly online. Um, and therefore, we'll see again why digital transformation is so high up for marketers is the opportunity to customize and tailor to be able to meet not just the the expectations, but the, uh, the the means of each individual customer segment, and see if you can serve them slightly better. And and if you do serve them better, that's going to serve you well as a business when we come back out the other side and they have money again. Yeah, and we've been talking about you know what what are the implications of a slowdown or a recession. We also have this inflation that is still with us. It's been very high. It's uh, it's come down a little bit, but it's still high. Any differences in recommendations for marketers in times of higher inflation? Yeah, I think one of the things I, I mentioned a stat earlier on, you know, 57% of consumers in a recent survey telling us they felt that the people were profiteering from, uh, from inflation. Um, so I think what I would say is when you're dealing with rising prices, um, you know, if the competition rise at the same time, that, that, kind of is also setting a bench view for what you can do with your pricing. But I think the most important thing to do is to be honest and be open uh, about why the prices are rising. And there are many more, you don't have to make a, an ad and put it on the Super Bowl. There are so many other ways now of thinking about how that message gets out. And this is where the communications team and your employees come into play. But really start to describe what it is that's going on in the business and the and the reason the business exists is of is of course to serve all of its stakeholders. Consumers are one, but uh, you know investors are another. So be honest and open about the pricing, but also think imaginatively about the way you can hold those prices down. And um, and like I say, think longer term. Think what happens after this uh, recession is over. And think of the customers whose uh, whose needs you met and uh, the new customers that you acquired who you served really well. So uh, I think, you know, watch out for the pricing. Don't get don't get caught chasing higher prices and bigger margins and lower volume with lower customer base. Um, that I think, uh, as we've seen in, in the 2008, 2010, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, now you're raising a really interesting point, which is that. There, there will be an end to this period. There's, there's always an end to every period, and you have to be able to look back and, uh, and, and preserve 
your company's reputation and perceived value, that reputation is 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 critically important. And that, that's really what I hear you saying. Yeah. And, you, you know, a part of that is how you face and serve your, your customers. Um, a part of that is it comes to the corporate communications teams and, the, you know, the role the CCO plays in this in maintaining reputation. So you'll see in the C-suite outlook that a lot of the focus has shifted to short-term revenue growth, margin management, new product development, digital transformation. And some of the issues that have been so uh, relevant over the last 24 months, you know, looking after society, the role of business in society, environment, um, uh, those sorts of concerns, ESG, those have fallen slightly lower down the ranking of what's important during this time. It, it doesn't mean that they're less important, actually. It just means they're less urgent. And the role of the CCO is to maintain that reputation and feed it with the stories you tell on the outside, but importantly, the stories you tell on the inside. So the internal issue that's highest for the CMO, the CFO, the CHRO and the CHO, uh, CAO, sorry, attracting and retaining talent, keeping your employees committed, purposeful, mindful and uh, and happy at work. And um, that's a big part of your reputation, because what the employee says about why your company exists now can spread. It's not an internal story. It's an internal story that goes external. So the role of the, the CCO in keeping the employee happy, strengthening culture, making sure you're prepared for whatever comes next, and uh, and also making sure that the actions that we all need to take um, in, in, in business to be able to serve society better, that those actions are still, you know, they're simmering. They're not on a back burner. They're still cooking. Yeah, and the chief, the CCO or the chief communications officer really has the job, are you saying, of taking all constituents in, into account, you know, internal constituents, external constituents, customers, employees, owners, society, and all that. So it's a, that's a big job. Yeah, it is. And it's one that they've done brilliantly well over um, the last few uh, years. And uh, and the role of the corporate communications officer has evolved to be, you know, it, they are the dot connector across an organization. They see every stakeholder group, they see their issues, and they're able to inform the C-suite uh, with an unbiased opinion about the narrative and the direction and the strategy the company should take to weave the needs of those stakeholders together. So um, I think we'll, we'll find that. You'll see, you know, one of the overarching themes for the next 12 months is the spotlight swinging back to the CMO and their team um, as they become the chief growth officer, as you said. Um, but as a, the CCO and their team have an enduring role to play in making sure that business lives up to, you know, what the conference board believes in that, um, that, you know, when the business does well, it can serve society better and society does well. And the CCO will have a, a role to play in making sure that we don't allow the actions that companies are taking to start to diminish just as we chase money during the downturn. Ivan, great, great comments. Thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you very much for having me, Steve. You've been listening to a podcast from the Conference Board, the indispensable ally that has helped businesses through war, recession, and economic transformation for over 100 years. As recent unexpected economic challenges persist, you can chart a course for the future, which will allow your business to emerge stronger on the other side. Just visit our free economic hub entitled 
Navigating the Economic Storm, your indispensable guide through the global recession. Located at www.conference-board.org slash topics slash recession.